Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, my talkers, we are hanging out with Lori and Julia right now, Thursday, October 20th. Great show ahead here, so sit back and enjoy the show. And this one's going to be a fun one today, you guys. Well, We've got some guests. A little different. A little different. We're having extraterrestrial radio yes! today, plus our old buddy, yes. Petey Mishke. He's going to be in... He was in, you know, worked for Case 1500 when we Forever. started here. Yeah. And you know him going back to high school. I do. He's I do. a delightful man. And we know Martin Keller. We know him from years of reading him in, was it City, City Pages? Pages, Star Tribune. And he has a new book up, The Space the Space Pen Club. Mm-hmm. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosures, Consciousness, and Other Mind Zoomers. Well, this is going to be very good news. This is not a topic we cover on our program very often, if ever. If ever. And so I said, you know, I don't know that we're interested in that. You have to tell me why you should be on. And he sold you. Yeah. He did. So, yeah. well, because in it, you well, know, that's at three thirty. Yeah, today. we'll we'll get to it then. So that's yeah. going to be fun. Yeah. We've got giveaways, a couple mm-hmm. of them today mm-hmm. too throughout the show. Yes, I've decided. Too. I think I'm a little OCD cleaner. I have a serious problem with the gnats right now. I, t- I think I mentioned this, but I've cleaned my windows so many times, what's and with, now we have the freeze. What's yeah. with bugs in your house? No, I... He's in a pest zone. It's I am. Selders I live year. on a park. Yes, I know. It's always something. I live on the park. Mm-hmm. Oh. I am a park. And, and it, those I'm, are the penalties and privileges. That come <laughs> the the penalties <laughs> and privileges. And I have a lot of trees. And I face this side face west. Yeah. And so the gnats, I mean, we just had killer gnats. And it was all over like neighborhood watch app and woodbury and stuff oh, these gnats do people do you actually go on that well every once in a while Lori. i, I mean have, people have talked about it it's a good neighborhood yeah, know, thing I it's know. a good neighborhood watch mm-hmm. i guess I it's know. your modern one time i looked at mine i got um you probably I, I it made me very anxious and nervous and i didn't like knowing any of what i was reading i thought i'm going to immediately forget that there is a neighborhood group which is why i never know when anything is well, 100% yeah. right. And you wouldn't care about this because Casey would deal with the gnats. Well, Casey would, he you know, doesn't read that either. We, but I mean, the gnat, he, the gnat, and it was, it was like the locusts were coming, Lori. We talk over the fence in the city <laughs> neighborhoods, okay? There's a little bit I don't more have fence a talk. Right, there. I know. I have a park. Right. So, but I was out there detailing today because I've cleaned the window so many times today with a toothpick. In my window ledges because okay, now there that were so just, many gnats. I decided I have OCD with cleaning. Yeah, uh, yeah, you. But they were in the. They were in places you can't believe. It was like someone th- crack of your butt. They were not there. <laughs> many <laughs> other things are though. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh God! My thong <laughs> underwear today. You know. No, but oh gosh! And then I just 
I call Catherine, my sister, and I'm like, you know, I think I might have a problem. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a gal so. at my cabin years ago showed me how to clean with a toothpick, like around the stove edge and the countertop edge. And Oh, it's the best. It's the best. I it's do the most too. satisfying thing in the world to get it out of those teeny tiny places, the dirt. I am so relieved I don't have OCD <laughs> in any way, I mean, shape, or form. I like it. I just like to. Every once in a while, if I am in a cleaning thing, yes, you look I'm a down at like your baseboards or something and you think, oh. you know, if I just got a, like a toothpick. So I've been known to there's some places do that, but like I remember when Casey and I um, met and fell in love and got married in a in rather quick pace, and he owned a house that he lived in with his kids mm-hmm. for I don't know maybe three or four it years. Wasn't that long, right? Okay. Not but that long, long enough. Long enough to do damage, and it was so filthy. The grime was so caked. Because as a single dad raising the kids living with him, he didn't, between his job and, you know, school and homework and getting food and laundry, cleaning is not up there. Yeah. But he's like, oh, well, you know, you can probably just clean this house easy over the weekend and get it ready to stage. (laughs) And I just said, never. I'm not cleaning old dirt. That I had nothing to do with. I love you. Okay, I but feel this the is, same way. This yeah. is. This and is I rehired, and it costs like. Oh. And this was twenty four years ago, uh-huh. and it costs like six hundred dollars uh-huh. because oh. the house was so dirty. It needed intensive cleaning, and I just said, I cleaning other people's dirt you. is super hard. Ugh. Yeah, but it's, but I'm just mm-hmm. like you need to pay professionals mm-hmm. to do this. Yeah. I can help stage with your mom. I was just going to say and Julia. And Julia and everyone else who will help and you I stage. And I packed wedding presents from two previous marriages to lovingly stage <laughs> all over the house. <laughs> but you Grant, would. But Grant, I know yeah. cleaning other people's dirt mm. is Hard and yeah. and his was just it was really like it was the kitchen was just a disaster, you know. I don't think Casey had cleaned his stove maybe since oh, he moved in there. Right, it never occurred to him, and so everything was just layer upon layer. And I just thought I'm not going. I'm going to lose my, you know, buzz for him if yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, I'm going to quickly say what am I getting into? I had no idea. I would never travel for. Like I did for like five years, really mm-hmm. suppressed that. I had no idea kids were so expensive. But this is why love is blind. <laughs> I had no, I had <laughs> no, no idea. Well, kids we so... just went through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's not fun cleaning up other people's stuff. No, I would sorry. agree with that 100%. Mm-hmm. But the toothpick is the most oh. rewarding thing on appliances, on the on the glass, on the, on yeah. the microwave door. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Around the stove. I yeah. mean, the, the stove. toothpick and the round thick ones. It is satisfying. I remember my grandpa. I was so satisfied. Every Saturday, he would clean the grill of his Lincoln Continental with a toothbrush. Oh, toothbrush. And he would only use it like maybe twice, and then it would be bad because it would get frayed. Yeah, you can get them at the dollar store. Yeah. Three for a dollar twenty five. And I would just be he could be out there all afternoon because he would get all the bugs off the wind because he and my grandma had a place up in um on the Gunflint Trail. Uh-huh. So you know the bugs. Oh. As you know. I know bugs. Oh yeah. Do you ever feel that way about your car? No, you but I use a toothbrush, toothbrush in my grout. 
and yeah. grout. Yeah. You know, ammonia and grout. You can get the stains out. No, I, I'm... Do you have a career as a person I, who can clean other I people's I started homes? out cleaning houses. Is My friend your... Anna and I cleaned houses. Oh, you did? For oh, money? Yeah. For cash But money? I really personally have this thing. I want to clean my own dirt. Yes. I, I don't enjoy other people's dirt. Yeah. It's a real hard one. It's a hard job. Yeah, it is. But, but you know, I, a vacuum, I mean, what is more satisfying than having... Oh, the clean, lines? The lines in the carpet. I mm-hmm. mean, that is satisfying. I have a new invention. All right. Well, we we have don't have go. time. We don't. But it's a, it's a dust... Don't tell anyone your right. new invention in case you actually invent it. First, see if it's out there. First rule of Shark Tank. Is it already being... In our, it in is, our, it isn't out there. And isn't? someone, somehow, some way, right now, vacuums are being invented by men because they're putting all the weight of the vacuum in the arm mm-hmm. instead of on the floor. Yeah. All the weight has been transferred to the arm. Dumb. Dumb. Women dumb, dumb, need dumb. to get into designing vacuums. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's my new it's my new job. Oh, right there. Call, call me. You know, send me an email. Yep, all right, we'll be right. right back. Why are we playing Bittersweet Symphony by Verve? Well, If you were paying attention today, or maybe you're just now paying attention, the trailer from Netflix for The Crown dropped today. And in the best. Paying attention and doing our job this morning instead of your own. Um, And, uh, but this song is in the background of the whole thing. And, um, Princess Diana, this was like, I mean, this is a very 80s song. You know, this was a. She was on record like she loved this song, even the Bittersweet Symphony, because season five is going to be hard. The 1990s were a very bad time to be the royal family. Uh, It really was. And um, so the trailer was released today. And at the end of the day yesterday, Dame Judi Dench released a statement written by Buckingham Palace (laughs) about um, it was cruelly unjust for Netflix not to issue a disclaimer saying that this is, uh, you know, fiction, that it's a fiction. The Crown's new season. The Crown's new season. And um, it was an open letter to the Times of UK. And Dame Judi Dench is very dear friends with Camilla Parker Bowles. Oh, I didn't know that way. And she played the queen. And did we see any disclaimers on any of Dame Judi Dench historical queens and figures she's played? No, we do not. And so when the trailer released today with that epic song giving us everything in two and a half minutes, we see the queen and hear the queen played by Imelda Staunton, Mm -hmm. who sounds just like Queen Elizabeth, because now we've jumped forward seven years or something like that. So it's all new people from season three and four. She, we see her being sad about the fire at Windsor Castle. Yes, that happens. Yes. The end of the marriage between Charles and Diana. Di's interview with Martin Bashir. Charles and Camilla finally going public with their relationship, including a public domain conversation and everything about he wanted to live in her knickers as a tampon yeah, yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. So basically. His most worst moment coming back as a receipt in this TV show. Diana fleeing from the paps. Prince Philip telling Diana to shut the bleep up and just do her duty. A flash of young William and Diana in the revenge dress. In two and a half minutes, all set to bittersweet symphony. Not a disclaimer in sight because none is needed. And this is where... 
this is where Charles and King Charles losing his mind. And so I I do not because Judy wrote, I don't believe no one is a bigger supporter of of artistic freedom. And it's just babble, 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 because she's played enough historical fiction. I I don't understand. The only thing I can figure out is that. And but I do think it is his worst moment and Camilla's worst moment. They 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 were on. There was all kinds of stuff in their own words of of what they were going to do. The big the thing that the crown is fictionalized the most that I can figure out is the thing. You know, I guess it's still not enough to put a disclaimer, but Charles allegedly telling Prime Minister John Major. Played like a looking like a snack, Johnny Lee Miller, that he wanted to find a way to get his mom to resign and step down so he could step up. I think that's the think big that, creative license. Sure. But I mean, we we don't need to be told this. And the way they are acting, I mean, there's full audio, there's full transcripts, and all of this is public file or public domain. So it it's silly to clutch. Like about I this. said, I think they wish this would have happened a couple years ago. Well, this version, because whatever. But they're... I mean, here's something. Do, 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 I, here's what Judy writes. She's so indignant. I fear that a significant number of viewers, particularly overseas, might take its version of history as being wholly true. Are you really worried about people in other countries, Dame Judy Dencher? Is this I, King Charles? I'm worried that Camilla's worried that her husband's worried. Well, because Camilla's response to everything up to season four was incredibly mature. She acknowledged she watched it. She mm-hmm. acknowledged she befriended uh, actors in The Crown, and she also talked about how it wasn't a documentary. I mean, whatever. Whatever. Yeah. It's so... Um, it's unusual. It's unusual, this full meltdown. It is unusual. And they're saying Streisand effect is in full play for Netflix because they literally do not have to do one bit of promotion. It all comes out of Buckingham Palace. And is the Streisand effect the funny girl promotion? Or what is well, the Streisand effect? You, Where are you going to? That's an actual phrase, Julia. Um, the Streisand effect. Um and and of course, you know, Dominic West, you know, he gave that interview. Of course, he's going to have sympathy for Charles in his most embarrassing moment. He got publicly busted canoodling with Lily James and made his wife stand outside of a castle with a hostage letter. There you go. Okay. I uh, forgot the, about that. The Streisand effect when censorship backfires. Yes, yeah. that's mm-hmm. it. That's it. So, the unintended consequences of increasing awareness because you don't want people to talk about and it. And it's named after um, Barbara Streisand... Um, because, which is an online phenomenon, which an attempt to hide. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. You're removed information from blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was in 2002 when Barbara Streisand attempted to suppress photographs taken of, right. of her home and a meme was born. That's right. Of her California home. Remember, she did the photo book. Yes. Because Donnie got us the book. And she we found out she had a store in her lower level. Basically. She had an ice a cream gallery. shop. She's collected so much stuff and bought so many things. Yeah. That this huge home, anyway. But yeah, they are. Um, they're Netflix's best PR team right now. Right, they, they really, <laughs> they really are. But um, I mean, this is going to this is a bonanza for Netflix because now people are like intrigued about it because there's all kinds of people who don't even know the story. Well, of and I also Charles and Diana when they were breaking up because maybe you're somebody in your twenties or thirties, right? Yep. And so it's it's very fascinating. Like, we really loved that first season, the first two seasons. It was so interesting to see the young Queen Elizabeth mm-hmm. and Queen Philip and to see, like, how, I mean. But, but here's the thing. Once Diana is gone, which is going to happen here in season five, and maybe mm-hmm. it'll, she'll be gone in the middle of season six, the irony is that the Queen regained her status because it wasn't just the queen's fault that the monarchy was in the toilet in the 90s. There was a lot of crap going on. Well, um, I give you the divorces of two of her children. It was, yes, yes. And they were all having a horrible year, but the queen came back. So everyone knows the history's already happened in front of us. We already know the queen dies beloved. So all this saber rattling and pearl clutching and crown tossing is a very unbecoming of King Charles and Buckingham Palace and Clarence House. This is what you get when you hire the executive uh, former editor from the Daily Mail to run your <laughs> PR response. He's going, you know, in the, and then to get poor, you know, tame duty, dent is like she's blind. You I know? I don't know. Why I mean, that, that is really stooping low, getting one of Camilla's dear, can you imagine the phone call? Judy. She probably had to have a couple of gin and tonics, you know, to talk about it. But we've drafted the letter. Do you mind signing it? And poor Judy Dent has forgotten that she's played. Is she like in a in a in a? Oh no, I, I don't know what she's in. Um, yes, Julia, your cleaning has resulted in bleach stains on your shirt. Julia's been in here cleaning, Grant. Oh no, oh, you showed no. Her. Oh, yeah. oh no. It looks like it's tie-dyed and it was meant that way. Jared. It looks nice. <laughs> this is my cute Ever Reeve sweater. It does not look nice. It does not look, it does not look nice. No. It looks like I have... It looks like it's a threadbare now. Did you use it as a towel? Just or? be quiet. She leaned in no, it. No, Lori sprayed... Okay, so at the break, Grant comes over here with Q-tips on a long stick. I For mean, you. And you use them and Lori sprays the spray right on the buttons. And I'm like, you don't spray on machinery. <laughs> no, you can't. I did. She did, of course. But I sprayed on the counter and then dipped. See, my way was better. Well, you didn't. You didn't ruin your clothes. That's right. I'm suing, and I want my money back because I have to. We yeah. have to clean the studio. Well, you anyway, know who to talk to. You guys watch the trailer. It's it, so good. We posted it. it. It's just so much happens in season five. 
And we already know how it's all played out. So this is what I, none of this is, like, William doesn't care. This is all King Charles. He's deeply embarrassing. He doesn't realize that we're already ahead of it. We already know how the story ends, King Charles. He will be king. You know Uh, what I mean? Yeah. And you get forgiven. And I mean, it's just so silly. But anyway, the trailer looks really good. It does look good. All right. 107.1. Everything Entertainment. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. Some people call me Maurice. Because I speak of the pompous of love. People talk about me, baby. Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong Well don't you worry baby, don't worry Cause I'm right here, right here, well, right we are here, playing right Space Cowboy Actually it's called The Joker I've always called that damn song Space Cowboy I like that name better I know, I do too I had to Google it to find out the damn name of it But we have a TD Meshki Who, you know, we worked with when we first started here Tommy 20 and listen years to ago. And listen to you forever. And, and went to high school with you. Yeah, Julia. Do you still mm-hmm. remember the day that I came in, grabbed you guys from your show, took you down the hallway to my show, shut the door and ran down and did your show? I yes. Do. That I was Black Sheep Radio. I do too. It was at its best. Yeah. I miss that. You look great. It <laughs> Thank is you. so good to see you. And you are here with Martin Keller. Hi, and, ladies. Hi. hi. And Martin has written a, a book called The Space Pen Club. Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, UFO Disclosures, Consciousness, and Other Mind Zoomers. And Martin, we've talked because you do press and you've written, you know, in the Twin Cities Forever. And you call me and you're like, I have a book. Can I come on your show? And I'm like... He's a pop pop culture journalist. I know. We've been reading him forever. Forever. You've been influencing us and we didn't even know it. A long time ago in the rear view mirror, I was. Yeah. I've been a publicist since then, but I've done... Fair amount of writing on the side. And you've had a lot of close encounters. Uh, I've had a lot of high strangeness events. Because I don't know if they are E.T. related. That's one of the narratives in the book. The search for what these experiences yeah. were about. One of the many narratives in this book. And of course, then that explains why you've hooked up with um, well, Mishki here. Wait a because, right. Why does that explain <laughs> I, it? Because you, I think, would have a great ability to follow many loose um, threads of thought. I, have been, I have been fascinated with this topic since I was a sixth grader doing a report on Project Blue Book at Nativity Grade School. I actually studied what the Air Force was studying in terms of what they were seeing out there, what they could learn from it. And I presented this in sixth grade, and oh I've been gosh. hooked ever since. Did you get an A? I got, Did you get an S plus? I got an A <laughs> that day, and within a week I got kicked out for other things. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I am curious about this. So you guys aren't wildly into this. Well, we had an encounter at my cabin once. Yes, Love it. we did. We saw something. We saw a UFO streaking across oh, the really sky did. on top of the trees, but, and it moved so fast, and it came out of nowhere and went into nowhere, but we saw it for like a solid 20 seconds, three of us. And we know a shooting star, so we knew the difference. Yeah, but yeah. yeah. and Wit- we put witness, that in. Witness 
things, you know, when you have witnesses with you with a sighting, I think that's really important. Yeah, and we were on our way to the bar. I was just yeah. going to say and that. So it wasn't after the bar, and it was like right at, it wasn't dusk. It, they were still blue in the sky, but I thought maybe that's the time of the day they're visible. Well, like right at the gloaming. I don't know if you've followed any of the stuff that's been in media since the New York Times broke this story wide open without once using the term conspiracy theorist or theory mm-hmm. in December 2017 front page story about the Pentagon's secret UFO study from 2000 to 2007. Yes. Um, there's been a ton of media coverage on this. And I don't know if you saw the interview with the, I, th- I think it's Ryan Graves, one of the Navy pilots. Mm-hmm. Yes. He was on 60 minutes. Yes. He said, these guys, he says, he says, my fellow pli- pilots see these things daily, daily, right. daily. Wow. So, you know, the dam burst over the last five years, and this is completely no longer a wink and a nudge story. Right. It's Mark, kind of amazing. Your... But it is amazing how the government kept, kept that yeah. so quiet. Like they yeah. thought that would be dangerous information for us to know. That's interesting to me. And they might. Be right, okay. because we don't know what would happen if the whole world suddenly thought we're like ants in this universe mm-hmm. to this more sophisticated mm-hmm. okay. operation. You're right. You could get really scared thinking about this. We okay. saw Close Encounters of the Third Time. <laughs> I'm, of, I'm of the other opinion, although I'm becoming mm-hmm. more and more cynical and less married to this idea that if there is truly a, a full disclosure, not just by the United States government, because this is a global issue. Right. These things are spotted all over the world, in the water, in the sky, in deep space. This would change our behavior on the planet, hopefully. And this is the same thing that Chris Mellon, who's kind of become one of the poster boys for disclosure, used to be at the uh, intelligence agencies, and now he's he's... Uh, out in the public with Lou Elizondo, who ran the secret program at the Pentagon, saying this could change uh, the way we behave as countries, nations, um, if we thought there were interstellar civilizations capable of getting there to here. And he just said that recently at an international conference in Spain, and I went, hey, Chris, that's what I put in my book. Yeah. But... Oh my As gosh. time goes by, you know, and the Russians rolled into Ukraine, I went, eh, I got to rethink my Your my theory. Pollyanna uh, yeah. viewpoint on this. Because some days I think, yeah, I don't know if it would, but I'm going to hold out for hope that it does. Yeah. Can you tell us, Martin, um, when you first think that maybe you had an encounter? Well, I, I had some. <laughs> the book is full of my own personal experiences, yes. besides being a historical, cultural, and personal memoir. But I'm kind of like Mishki. I mean, we're two space nerds. From when you were a kid. When I was a kid, I wrote to NASA. Okay. And I said, send me all your stuff on on the Gemini, Mercury, and Apollo programs, the first three U.S. space programs. I got these packets. I got packets full of information, PR information, and autographed pictures of the astronauts. Wow. Which I put on the wall uh, alongside my Beatles and Rolling Stones. uh, I love it. Yeah, pictures. actually, wouldn't uh, ETs be the ultimate celebrities? I mean, you guys do celebrity radio. Yeah. What would be bigger than learning there were these superstars, super stellar stars, well, traveling I, around? You could have one or two on. Super pilots. We could have one well, or two I on. I think of Resident Alien, yeah. you know, that sci-fi yes. TV yeah. Kind, yeah. Of, kind of comedy show, and I wonder, would, could it be as fun 
as that because he is a dangerous per- yeah. alien at first because his mission is to, you know, just kill everything to get back. I would I would be <laughs> curious if someone came up to you guys at a bar yeah. and said, do you think this alien stuff is real? Do you think we're being visited by ships from other planets? What would you two say prior to today? What would you have said last night at a bar? Would you have said, I, I don't left. I hope they got me when I was 25 and have my best. <laughs> and they, and they've, got, they've got the Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to answer your question. Okay. In high school, after I got all my NASA photos and oh, information, uh, I witnessed with three other friends an oval object quarter of the mile from our high school in the middle of a high school bas- varsity basketball game in the dead of winter. I grew up in western North Dakota, and this thing hovered over a field about a quarter of a mile away, and that whole week there had been UFO sightings reported in the press and the radio, television, news- I felt like newspapers. we would read about these in the Globe or something like yeah. that prior back in the day. The, prior to the New York Times in 2017, uh-huh. that's the only place you would right. have. I, right. Yeah. We would have heard all yeah. of this in Subject's the globe. been very well managed and marginalized uh, through the years by different agencies. And I don't want to go down. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. not going down that rabbit hole today, right. although I've been down it many times. And I do go into it. There's a whole chapter on, on why the media has failed this subject until recently. But at the same week we saw, the, th- the four of us saw this object, oval object, uh, during the basketball game, my f- best friend Jim and I, who, who I've known since I was five years old, he's my attorney today, um, we were walking in the park on the way to a student council meeting a few days earlier, and a, a red orb came down from the top. This was Rocky Butte Park, Dickinson, North Dakota, if mm-hmm. there's any North Dakotaites out there, Dickinsonites. And it came down from the peak of this of this butte, seemingly out of nowhere, and it hovered in front of us for about five minutes. And and like we we were stopped in our tracks, we looked at each other, what the hell is this? And uh, it eventually dissipated, and we went on our way to the student council meeting. We're big men on campus. He was president of the council. I was VP. And uh, you did know, you talk about it just to each other, or were you like, just, well, "Let's no, keep this between no, us"? Just, or did we you just talked talking? to about each other. Okay, and, yeah. You know, we avidly read the UFO rags back in the day, but we had never read anything about little red orbs. Yeah. Oh dear. Oh my. Now, word. flash forward, and this is this is a spoiler from the book too. In 1990, I was in South Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and five of these little red orbs appeared in my bedroom at 4:03 in the morning. So now, are some people more susceptible? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, good question. It's been said, but I don't know that there's any proof well, but of I that. I mean, you know, I, I mean, I'm just saying you've had several now. They well, are drawn to you. Well, it's like a mosquito. What are they? It's like a mosquito. You have the scent. Some right. mosquitoes like to bite people, and other people don't <laughs> have the scent. What are they? I mean, that's yeah. That's the question I keep having. I'm glad I don't have the same scent as you do. Well, I would be freaking out if I was having. All these encounters with red orbs. Tommy, well, I couldn't the, handle it. I'm a big fan of the seeing. I'm not a fan of abduction. I want to okay. go on record saying yeah. I don't want to be abducted or have any Good medical experiments no. done. Good right. to know. All right, we're going to take know. a quick break. We're with t- Tommy Mishke, and we're with Martin Keller. This is extraterrestrial radio, It people. is, and you guys have an event coming up at the Minneapolis Club that is open to the public. We're yep. going to talk more about that and about 
When is it, this event? It's going to be Next October Wednesday. 26th. Okay, Next good. Wednesday. Um, this is Lori and, Lori and Julie on my talk, and we'll be right back. All right, everybody, thanks for hanging out with us. We are having close encounters of the Mishki and, and, and Martin Keller kind. Um, we are talking about the UFOs, Mark, the Space, the space pen, club. pen Club, which we never even got the meaning of, except for Grant, our producer, looks at it and goes, oh, I love that pen. Oh, I got That's one. pen that worked from both ends. Yeah. First you can, pen to write in space. Yeah, Lights underwater. Upside down. Across crease. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. See surfaces and there actually is a space pen club. It was founded at my college nice. at St. John's. Just up the road away by St. Cloud behind the Pine Curtain. We're both Johnnies. Are you? Johnny too. Yep. Cool. Oh my gosh! And the the there's a core member of of club members that still get together and go golfing and fishing and hiking and all that. But uh, as I write in the book, and I I have to read my notes because I want to get this right because I'm proud of this line. All right, say it. The space pen. College friends turned the space pen company's advanced line of pens, the first pen to write in space, into a symbolic icon. Representing self-exploration, cosmic consciousness, and communication, transcendence, and the occasional quest for beer, girls, tunage, and controlled substances. Yes! Now, jokes aside, the guy who found the space pen first found the space pen for sale in the college bookstore, Denny Lynch, brought it back to the dorm, and first it was kind of a joke, and then we formed a club around it. We had spring rites in the in the oh, spring it. and peak with the leaves in the fall. This is in the mid to late seventies. Yeah, so there's a lot of a lot of mind expansion going right, on, as you can imagine. But Dennis <laughs> said one day, and I think this is very true, the space pen represents possibilities mm. because of what it can do. And I think the UFO discussion presents immense possibilities. What if we had a truly global disclosure about visitors from other planets who have figured out a way to traverse time space and Tommy said he wouldn't go if they came after him would you go I'd go you'd go okay the bo- I wanted to let people Talk to know me but- after the probing yeah right. I want- with the space pen <laughs> no okay there's multiple uses for this pen no Both ends work. um so you guys are having an event um, on at the Minneapolis Club on October 26th at 5.30. Do, how do people sign up and find out more information? All you have to do is show up, pay your admittance fee. It's only 20 bucks. There'll be a cash bar. You can also buy the book. I've reduced the price on the book. The holidays are coming, That's listeners. Great. Yes, they are. And Tommy, is it hard to wrangle a discussion on this big of a topic? No, you- it's it's the... If you think about it, it's the biggest story there is. 
if you just think about this for a moment, if you just literally say to yourself, this is real. And right now, our government is saying it is real. They're not saying what it is. Congressional hearings. They know it's not the Chinese or the Russians because these things are doing things that that are against the laws of physics as we know them. So nobody on earth is able to build this. They've all but said we're being visited. So what's a bigger story? What is a bigger story? Yeah, I mean, the number of people who have weighed in and said it's real. Gorbachev is 100% on board, was, before he passed. Uh, The head of Project Blue Book said, I hate to say it, but I might as well, there's an embarrassing amount of evidence of these things existing. Counterintelligence officers for the CIA saying we've known for years that we're being visited. Presidents, Carter, Ford, Jared Hoover. Uh, We've had uh, all sorts, guys who've been uh, directors of the CIA after they get out say yeah it's all real but what are we going to do with this information at the very least it's fun to talk about mm-hmm. and Marty has written this great book about mm-hmm. it and what's going to happen on this night is we're going to talk about this stuff with people let them ask questions we both studied the hell out of it and one of the things that's so cool, we just left the Minneapolis Club a little while ago. You ever been there? Yes, it's so beautiful. Mind-blowingly gorgeous. Yeah, and our so friend beautiful. now heads up the, what, what's his name? What's his name? Jeff. Nope, that's not the one. Heather. No. <laughs> you can't just throw out names. <laughs> no, no. Don't get this. Don't get details. We'll just say your friend. But so you walk into this glorious place, and then there will there will be with drinks there'll mm-hmm. be drinks and uh so right away you got the greatest there'll story going you got drinks and yeah. you got the minneapolis club for 20 bucks come on and then a cool conversation yeah great yeah. conversation yes. yeah. tom and i are going to talk for 45 minutes about mm-hmm. this and then we're going to open it up for 45 for minutes more with anyone who shows yeah, up and they'll cool. have had this some is, drinks which right. will be you know yes. sure. and dan Aykroyd blurbed your car he's a huge fan of this yeah. book i know it is. Aykroyd loves it dan's a space cowboy from way back he probably knows more than tom and i about this he probably does Reluctant to admit they're space cowboys. Uh, I think so. No, yeah, I think no, so. Because I think you're right. Tommy. Are there cowgirls? Yeah, of we're using yeah. it as a catch-all yes. term. Space persons. Yeah, space. Well, a woman uh, is the one who broke the story in the New York Times. Yeah, she met with these Leslie guys from Keen. the Pentagon, and she oh. said her jaw just dropped. She said up until that moment in her life, she said writing about this was considered poison for a journalist. Right. right. It's like you said. It's the Globe stuff. It's it's yes, the Inquirer. It was. Yeah. And there she was writing for the New York Times, saying, "My God, it's all real." Yeah. And you'd always hear it was in New Mexico. It was in North Dakota, oh, Devil's yeah. Tower. It's all over the You know, but I remember my dad when we were stationed in Japan and he would talk about how the Air Force pilots were always seeing unexplained stuff. And he said, you can't discount anything. He said, right. but stuff is classified and top secret for a reason. Exactly. That's what he would just say yeah. to us. And so that would kind of be the end of it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah and a lot of the stuff. These days, probably some of it is ours. Yeah, but I think a lot of it is not ours. If you went, okay, so you if this ship comes down, it lands in your backyard. You're gonna go, Martin. Yeah, he's going. You're yeah. going. We'll never see him again. Do you have yeah. any like? Because you've been thinking about this your entire life. Do you have any? He's gonna be Gary Fisher, but the one that stands in front of Jabba the Hutt, and then he's just gonna go off <laughs> I, do and you have... be real. <laughs> Do you have, have you painted yeah. in your mind what this person might look like? No. Or is it? No. Uh, and in the book, I get into uh, this document. The book is called The Space, the Space Pen, Pen Club. Club. Mm-hmm. I get into this discussion about uh, a document called The Assessment that was done in Europe with all the the NATO nations 
that uh, Colonel Major Robert Dean said he read religiously on a top secret floor where he was stationed oh in gosh. Brussels. And this assessment apparently claimed that there were hundreds of species that were known to the people that had written this document. So do you want to go to Mars? Do you want to do this space travel? Mars with all looks kind of bleak. It so does. far, it takes too it long does. to get there. Yeah. Lori and I decided it's way too way much. Way too long. We don't it's have the time. We age way too much. No, I think, you know, uh, from what I understand, the way these... Space these, travel's these, fast. These craft work, yeah. you're in one place, you, you think where you want to go. And then you go there. And... You put yeah. your hands on the dash and you're there. Now, I would love that if we could do yeah. that for Paris right now. Just touch your <laughs> ankle and think of a cafe and boom. You wonder if they have favorite places, yeah. like if they like Paris more than Bismarck. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would. Yeah. Yeah. I would, certainly. No place to land, though, but you just come down as orbs. You know, I, I guess I mean, this is the I most wild conversation. So if anyone's just turning in, this They're is Lori like and Julia. This is, yeah. I think they should have BravoCon <laughs> in one of these spaceships <laughs> that just happened with all the Bravo liberties oh, we were God. just talking about. Well, one network. thing, you know, you guys talk about movies a lot and celebrities. Mm-hmm. Think how much Hollywood has played with this idea. Oh, this yeah, is yeah, obviously a huge thing that people love to play with with their imagination. Yes. But in the last few years, it moved outside the realm of imagination. And when you think about that, you have to just stop and go well that changes everything, everything. Mm-hmm. and for all mankind that's a yeah. great show you know yeah. that's explaining that yeah. and yeah it is it is something that's long been a hollywood thing but i love it martin that julia made you know she really made you sell her didn't she why well, i i, did. <laughs> I, t- I tipped to. her over on the phone said, it wasn't Lori, that hard absolutely okay, <laughs> no i know yeah. I'm nice. Well, I'm glad you... Uh, Thanks for being on our show. I'm glad you agreed. Thanks yeah. for having Wait, us. Can we have one copy to give away to our listeners? I will send you a couple. Okay, send me a couple. Because I, I signed the copies I brought in for you. All right, thank All right, you. Thank um, you. We'll take a call, a couple calls at 651-641-1071 for the book. Good luck. Thank you, gentlemen. Have fun at your event on October 26th, the Space Pen Club. Come Martin on Keller. over. All right, thank you. Nice. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today.